Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalist podcast. We are nearly halfway through the French Open and lots has been happening to talk about. There's been some really interesting upsets and some really impressive performances from some of the top seeds to talk about. And as always, I'm joined by Marcus Sally. Hello, Marcus. Hi, Michael. Yeah, really enjoying the tennis so far this week. It's been a, a great start to the French Open in a unfamiliar season that we're used to seeing it but yeah it hasn't hasn't ceased to amaze amaze the viewers I'm sure yeah it's been it's been really good viewing so far and I'm looking forward to discussing it okay so we're gonna split the sort of main section up into uh, sort of two halves of the men's draw. We're just going to sort of focus on the bottom half of the draw and then the top half of the draw because uh, we've sort of caught the French Open at this sort of uh, period where the bottom half have played a match extra on the top half. So uh, the bottom half of the draw played their third round matches today. And uh, the biggest news to come out of this was uh, 20-year-old Hugo Gaston uh, from France uh, has knocked out the 20... 15 champion Stan Ravrinka uh, in five sets. He won 2 6, 6 3, 6 3, 4 6, and 6 love in the fifth set. Uh, both Marcus and I will have to admit this is a player we didn't know a lot about coming into this tournament. I was quite surprised to see that he was 20 years old as he was going through. Um, something I've just seen, he's doing it for the short players. He's only 5 for 8, uh, so a bit of a a Diego Schwartzman in the draw, perhaps. Uh, and he's um, a junior doubles champion at the Australian Open. But yeah, um, really, really good run for him. Uh, straight sets in the first round against Yanvier and then uh, four sets against Nishioka before knocking out the former champion, Ravrinka, today. Um, did this catch you by surprise, Marcus? It definitely did, yeah. I mean, an amusing quote from... RDM'd across the week was saying that uh, I thought that Hugo Gaston was just another flash in the pan like the next Antoine Huang who we saw have a, a brief run at the French Open either last year or the year before but definitely getting this win, win over Stan Wawrinka in five sets as well definitely proves that he's far better a far better player than that I mean in the last round obviously beating Nishioka in four sets it came as a big shock to me after Nishioka went and knocked out Felix Auger-Aliassim in the first round. So, I mean, I think we can forgive Nishioka for, uh, for losing in four sets now. Hugo Gaston's gone and proved his worth. And yeah, obviously a very low-ranked player for a Grand Slam. It was a shock to see him in the first round. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's really caught everyone by surprise. Only 20 years old, which I can't say I, I knew his exact age um, and, until today. Um, so yeah, no, definitely another one for the future. I mean, he's doing it uh, on his home Grand Slam. Um, uh, French players are typically good on clay, so you could say maybe he's not too far outside his comfort zone. But beating former champion Stan Wawrinka is an unbelievable result. You know, two six, six three, six three, four six, and then six love. He clinched the last set. I mean, it's just outstanding, really, from such a young player making his way into the last 16. I mean, what an achievement. It's, it's, yeah, he's really, really caught the imagination of all players ranked, ranked outside the one, top 100, 150, that, uh, you know, they can go and produce their best tennis when it really counts. Yeah, well, Gaston is actually ranked outside the top 200. Uh, he's, I, I 
haven't got his exact ranking, but it's about 230-something. So, yeah, um, as you say, massive surprise. And beating a Stan Mavrinka, who so far had looked quite good at this tournament, um, playing Andy Murray in the first round, obviously, it was kind of hard to tell where Mavrinka was at because Murray was not quite on it at all, really. Um, but then in the second round match, he came up against a very informed Dominic Kopfer, who we've seen um, really push them. He, I mean, I, th- I think he got a set off Djokovic the other week. Um, you know, really talented and informed player, and, and he got past him in four sets. So this was a match I was fully expecting Mavrinka just to kind of cruise through, to be honest. Um, so yeah, really impressive win for Gaston. And he will play Dominic Team in the fourth round, which could be a really interesting match if Gaston can... Um, play as well as he did today against Mavrinka, but must must be said, uh, Dominic Team has also looked uh, really impressive so far. Actually, one of the most impressive players in the men's draw so far. He um, got past Marin Cilic and Jack Sock in the first two rounds, two proven uh, players who have both been top 10, and he beat them both in straight sets, uh, before beating Kasper Rude, the clay court specialist, 6-4-6-3-6-1 today. Um, that's a match I really expected Rude to possibly at least get a set in and, and push team a bit. So really impressive for a team. I think I said on our last podcast, I was unsure as to how he would do in the early rounds here. I was maybe expecting that one of these players in his draw might provide a bit of a banana skin. But um, so far, he's looked very good. And uh, he'll go on to this Gaston match with a lot of confidence. And despite the uh, the wins from the French youngster, he will be really fancy the the favourite out of the two of them. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's an exciting matchup, even though, I mean, team will still go in as a heavy favourite, but I just think Gaston, possibly like he's seen the Stavarica matchup, has seen this one as a just a bit of a free hit. You know, he can strut his stuff. He's on a bigger stage than he's ever been on before in front of the cameras. You know, it's great exposure for a player like him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it should be exciting. Even if Tim does win... Uh, comfortably, I can see Gaston um, still performing to a to a level that is far above his ranking and far above what anyone expected him to achieve before this tournament. Just elaborating on, on Dominic Team as someone that has put him to win the tournament and beat Nadal in the semi-final. I have been keeping an eye on how the two of them have been getting on, and Team has had such a tougher uh, just draw to make to make the last sixteen. You know, he's beaten Marin Cinic, former Grand Slam winner. Uh, Jack Sock, who's uh, made the ATP Tour Finals, and then Kasper Ruud today is in the form of his life. Uh, I think we said 14 on the year-to-date rankings in the last episode. So to win all of those matches without dropping a set, you know, the team is one of those players who's clearly, well, hopefully anyway, just going under the radar, getting his business done um, without maybe receiving the plaudits that someone like Nadal has, who's only dropped nine games in his last two matches, which, I mean, is ridiculous. But playing against Igor Garasimov, Mackenzie McDonald and Stefano Travaglia doesn't really pose the test of, you could argue, any of the matches that Dominic Team has, well, blasted his way through so far. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely looking in good shape going into the latter stages. Uh, Gaston is an interesting match. But, um, yeah, I'm still, still feeling confident in Team. He's definitely someone who's impressed so far in the tournament. Yeah, I suppose you know we're both admitting that we don't know a huge amount about Gaston yet. So I suppose there's always that factor that will come into the match. Perhaps stylistically, Gaston could just be a really tricky opponent for Team. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you. The way Team is playing, you think he would be pretty nailed on to make the the quarterfinal in that match. 
Um, so yeah, you mentioned Rafa there. Um, definitely a kinder draw than Dominic team. It's a really good point you make. Um, but you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. And Rafa Nadal has not only beaten what's in front of him, he has uh, torn apart what's been put in front of him in Gerasimov, Mackenzie McDonald's, and today Travalia, who's a, an inform player himself, uh, managed to take Nadal to six four in the second set, which is a big achievement in itself, but he only won one game in the other two sets. Uh, so not brilliant there for him, but, you know, we all know what Nadal can do at the French. Um, and uh, Rafa Nadal will play uh, another youngster, American youngster, uh, Sebastian Corder, who has uh, looked very good at this tournament and in recent weeks as well. He's... Um, Done really well. He went through in straight sets today against Pedro Martinez, but that is definitely not his uh, biggest win of the week, which definitely came uh, in the second round when he beat John Isner in four sets. You know, proven uh, a, a proven Grand Slam player who's actually also had a couple of good runs at the French Open despite it not being his preferred surface. I think he, he has had runs sort of into the fourth round before, and I think. Not sure about the quarterfinals, but he, he, he has had some good wins at the French. Um, so, yeah, Marcus, um, Corda and Nadal, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think I can pose much hope for Corda. But um, what would you say about Corda? Um, just quickly, you know, he's uh, worth mentioning he's the son of Peter Corda, who uh, actually won the 1998 Australian Open. Um, so that was you know, just a little bit before my time, uh, I'm sorry to say. But... Um, you know, he comes from a, a, a proud tennis family, you would assume. And, um, yeah, but potentially, a, could it be a banana skin for Nadal? Oh, I, d- I didn't know that, actually, that, that was his dad. Maybe that could help with sort of keeping his feet on the ground of uh, this meteoric rise of what we've seen from Corda, just 20 years old. He seems to have really burst onto the scene in 2020. Um, whether it's a big test for Nadal or not, I'm not so sure. Uh, like if he could get a set that would be a huge achievement um, but yeah no he has impressed and uh, I mean the win over Pedro Martinez today I'm not saying I feel this way or you could you could definitely argue it's a more impressive win than against John Isner especially in straight sets you know Pedro Martinez is a, a clay court specialist you know he's not an outstanding player but he's probably in the top 40 odd clay players uh, in the world his ranking is just just below just below 100. So it's a good win for Corder. I did see a little bit of him. I can't actually, I think it was the Western Southern Open when I saw him play in the first round. He lost to Emil Rusevori, another very intriguing young player. And uh, yeah, it was just, um, it was good to see a, a new exciting young American with the monotonous sort of form of the likes of tennis, Sangren, uh, Sam Querrey and John Isner in recent years, someone of a, of a different ilk, not as, not as powerful, not as one dimensional, you could say as well. Um, so no, yeah, it's, it's very good to see him make it into the last uh, sixteen. Um, yeah, no, very impressive, and um, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. For sure, um, yeah, it will be an interesting match against Nadal. I'll, I'll, it'll be nice to see him play because I can't, I, I can't say I've seen much of Corda yet, but um, yeah, one that you think he would just take a set, to be honest. But uh, you know, he'll go all out for it. Um, the 19-year-old Yannick Sinner, who uh, I predicted to get to the quarterfinal at this tournament, uh, he has m- made his place into the fourth round. So he's one win away from that prediction. He beat uh, Correa 
of Argentina, a clay court specialist who was having a good tournament himself. He just beat Ben Marpair. Uh, but Sinner defeated Correa 6-3, 7-5, 7-5 today. Um, I believe he fought back from a breakdown in, in a couple of those sets, I think. So, um, yeah, uh, Sinner is going through this tournament looking really impressive, actually. Um, really comfortable, easy win against David Goffin in the first round. I'm trying to think who he had in the second round. Um, but I, I know that was a, a fairly straightforward win as well. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see Yannick Sinner go into the fourth round where he will now face uh, Alexander Zverev, who has just beaten uh, Diego Schwartzman uh, in straight sets, which um, is, is good for Zverev because he's had a bit of a mixed bag this tournament. Um, was really pushed the other day to five sets against uh, Herbert of France, who, um, you know, re- really played well in that match. I watched that and um, Zverev was really pushed to the edge there. Um, but then for Zverev to go through in straight sets today um, I've just realised I've said that wrong I've said that he beat Diego Schwartzman in straight so I'm completely wrong now Diego Schwartzman is currently playing as well and, and winning uh, sorry Alexander Zverev uh, beat Marco Cecinato in straights uh, the person who beat Novak Djokovic at this tournament in 2016 So, um, but still you know, the point stands in straight sets for Zverev to do that after a really tricky match against Herbert, um, I think it's impressive. So, Sinner Zverev, a very interesting fourth-round tie for me. I picked Sinner to win it at the beginning of the tournament. I think I'm sticking with Sinner. I think he's going to win this. I think it could be a, a really big upset and a, could be a real breakthrough match for Sinner. Um, but, yeah, a really exciting fourth-round match. What do you think, Marcus? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I cannot wait for this one. It really jumps off jumps off the page when you look at the fourth round ties that are already in the draw in, in that bottom half. I mean, yeah, it's an inspired pick from you really for Sinner to really make it at the Grand Slam, make it into the last 16 when he's in the 70s in, in the world, I think. So, yeah, only at 1968, um, did you say? No, no, you said uh, I picked him to get to the last 16. I was saying I picked him to get to the last eight. Oh, yeah, I've of course. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll calm down on that shout until he makes it out of the last 16. Um, but yeah, no, definitely for Sinner to, I mean, assert himself, establish himself at a Grand Slam level, which we know is so difficult and so many players have, have tried and failed. You know, a Grand Slam fourth round at 19, that, that, you know, you, that can't be sniffed at. It doesn't matter what success you've had on the main tour. It doesn't matter what, you know, how many finals, how many semifinals you've got to at, at a, a 250s or 500s. If you haven't made a Grand Slam fourth round, you're not getting anywhere in the rankings. Um, so, yeah, this is very impressive form from the Italian. And, um, yeah, I mean, he hasn't dropped a set yet. You know, Goffin and then Bonzi, who knocked out Rusevori, who I've just mentioned in the first round. He beat him in straights in the second round, the qualifier. And then a 3-0 win over Federico Correa, who knocked out Benoit Paire, a very established French player in the second round. So another impressive win. And just the fashion that he's winning in it, I mean, it's scary at 19. I mean, this is this this really could be one of the next big stars of tennis that we're talking about. And uh, taking taking on Sasha Zverev, I mean, it is an absolutely mouth-watering encounter. I, I really can't wait. Um, obviously, I've picked Zverev in the picks, but I think this one could go all the way. Yeah, I think it's an interesting match. It's hard to know where Zverev's head's going to be at. I know he has struggled... Uh, in the last couple of years, with sort of off-court um, sort of mental sort of problems uh, after he won that 
title. Um, he maybe hasn't quite lived up to what people will think. Uh, won the ATP Tour title is what I'm talking about in uh, uh, the finals in uh, 2018. But uh, yeah, I think we have seen a weak side uh, to his game coming from the mental side. And after that, uh, probably catastrophic final, you'd say, for Zverev at the US Open when really he... He was in a position to win that and ended up losing it. Uh, it's hard to know where he's going to be at, so this is potentially a real banana skin for him. He really needs to make sure he's um, in the right place for it. Um, so, yeah, just quickly, we mentioned uh, Nadal Korda, Sinner, Zverev, Team and Gaston. Uh, the other fourth-round match, which has been uh, set up on the bottom half of the draw, will be Lorenzo Sinego. Uh, who looked good today. He won in straight sets against the 27th seed, Taylor Fritz. That's uh, a really good Forcenego. And he will face the winner of Diego Schwartzman against uh, Gombos of Slovakia. And uh, I can tell you that at the time of recording this, Schwartzman is just two points away from winning that match. Um, it's a match that we really would have expected Diego Schwartzman to win. Um, Norbert Gombos. That's his first name. I've forgotten the first time I said it. Um, he was serving for the first set, but uh, since then, it's all been a bit one-way traffic. He's ranked outside the top 100, Gombos, and Schwartzman beat Nadal last week at the Italian Open, so I think this was one we were all uh, expecting Schwartzman to get through, so we'll keep an eye on that, but um, it should be Sonego against Schwartzman in the fourth round. Uh, did you want a quick word on that, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, just another very interesting match. The fourth round is really shaping up beautifully. Um, I think two probably clay court specialists, you have to say, Sonego, the Italian, has had quite a nice draw coming into this, uh, making his way this far into the slam, but beating Taylor Fritz in straight sets, I think it was, um, really does catch the eye. Um, so, yeah, it could be a, a test for Schwarzman. Schwarzman in great form, so you would expect him to beat him and progress. However, yeah, Lorenzo Sonego just putting his name in the hat in the last 16. You can't write him off. He's a good player on his day. Yeah, so just quickly to wrap up the uh, bottom half of the draw section, uh, you've actually got uh, a fourth-round debutant in every single match uh, of those fourth-round matches in Senego, Corda, Sinner and Gaston. Uh, in fact, actually none of them had ever been in the third round of a Grand Slam before, so uh, they're all in fourth rounds now. So, uh, yeah, that's the bottom half uh, done. The top half will play their third round matches uh, tomorrow. Just quickly mention a couple of big results that have happened in the top half of the draw since we last recorded. Um, Daniel Medvedev lost in four sets to Martin Fuksovic, which I believe, if I remember correctly, was playing at the time we were recording. So we did, we, we did think Medvedev was going out, but uh, it hadn't happened. Um, Denis Shapovalov. Also out, he lost uh, in a long match yesterday, five-set match against uh, Cabayas Buena. I think I said that correctly. Um, So, yeah, that was a big uh, surprise. I actually had Shapovalov to get to the uh, semi-final, so a poor pick from me. And then uh, just one other little upset we got was uh, Holmans of Australia, who's actually a lucky loser. Uh, He lost to Liam Brody in qualifying. Uh, he managed to beat Ugo and Bear, uh, so, which is a really top win for someone who had just been beaten by Liam Brody. 
so yeah, uh, Marcus, quick word on on those upsets. Yeah, I think Denis Shapovalov will definitely be disappointed after reaching the uh, the second round to, to get knocked out by Carbiez Baino. It's, it's, it's a difficult result to take after um, it was in the fifth set, obviously, and I saw that he shared on Twitter asking for Hawkeye to be introduced in the French Open, which does sort of blow my mind a little bit why it isn't there. But I don't know, he's clearly taken it to heart. He hasn't taken it. You know, he feels a bit, it's a bit of an unjust win for the Spaniard. Um, so I was disappointed to see him go out. Medvedev, I mean, we both had him to go through, but none of us said that we were too surprised losing to Martin Fuchovic, obviously a player that's had success on clay in the past, winning winning a title. Um, so, yeah, um, there hasn't been too many massive shocks, I'd have to say. You know, Stan today definitely got to be the biggest one with Gaston bursting onto the scene, breaking out of nowhere to really, really beat a top player. Um, so it all has gone mainly according to plan, you'd have to say, for the opening rounds. But, uh, you know, not not short of some outstanding tennis on the court. And as I say this, Diego Schwartzman has just clinched a straight sets victory over Norbert Gombas. So he will uh, he will make the next round. And, um, yeah, it is look at, looking exciting, looking ahead into those last stages. Yeah, so the top of the draw, as we mentioned uh, on the last pod, is a real half of the draw that you expect Novak Djokovic to be getting through and getting to the final, which is why I've picked him to win. I just feel he has the nicest run uh, to the finals. He's the biggest guarantee in my eyes. Um, so just quickly run through uh, some interesting third round ties for tomorrow. Uh, Djokovic will face uh, the Colombian, I believe, uh, Galan Riveros, uh, who I am surprised, to be honest, not going to lie, to see in the third round of a Grand Slam. And I do think very much with Nadal's uh, little run through to the fourth round, I think it's a nice, kind uh, one for Djokovic. And I think we will see Djokovic winning that. Mikey's won his first matches and absolutely obliterating uh, Galan Riveros. Um, Stefanos Tsitsipas will play tomorrow against the former Brit, Alias Bedene. Uh, Tsitsipas uh, looking a bit up and down so far in the French. He had to fight from two sets down against Munar in round one uh, and came back to win that. Yeah, no, I'd just like to say I think that's a player that definitely deserves praise. Uh, Tsitsipas had to really dig deep to get through that match against uh, Halme Munar, yeah, let's go with that. Um, mm. But yeah, just a player that's been off the radar. He's a player that I spoke about in our very first episode when we were talking about winners and losers of the coronavirus break and a player that had really sort of fallen off a cliff after showing promise as a sort of 20, 21-year-old. And now he's 23, I believe, Munar. And, you know, he won the first couple of sets and he pushed Sitsipas in, in, in those last three sets that the Greek managed to sort of dig deep and win. Um, so even though he's ended up going out, I do think you know we should take note of that performance from Halme Munar. You know he's he is a great fighter on court. You know he hasn't got a lot of weapons. He's got a similar to a Bautista Agut, but not quite as good. He just has to maximise everything he's got to compete and to stretch Sitsipas to such a such a massive match was a good achievement. And um, yeah, no, definitely definitely a player that I like to watch and uh, deserves a bit of kudos on that performance. Yeah, classic uh, stubborn Ita- uh, Spanish player there. Uh, a, re- a real hard worker like a Bautista, a good Carreño Busta. Uh, 
type player. Um, and then Sitsipas, uh, in his second round match, uh, actually beat Pablo Cuevas in straight sets, uh, which is impressive in itself, though Cuevas has never really performed on the Grand Slam stage, uh, from my memory. Uh, he's still a clay court specialist, so good convincing win. Um, Sitsipas, Bedonet, you know, I, I think Sitsipas will hopefully get through that one. But um, we'll see. Andre Rublev, after having that uh, good win in Hamburg last week, he will face the former Wimbledon finalist, Kevin Anderson. Uh, so that's an interesting matchup. Anderson has looked good this week. Uh, not a player that is accustomed to the to the clay. I, I haven't got to first-hand what his uh, best performance at the French is, but I'm feeling like he's probably nearing it with a third round. Um, so yeah, interesting match against Andre Rublev. Um, Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, playing tomorrow. He has not dropped a set yet, uh, which is really good to see. A player who uh, a lot of people have talked about a lot, but um, has not never quite uh, lived up to, I think, what people hoped. He actually, of course, recovered from COVID-19 a few months ago, so it's really good to see him playing very good tennis on the clay court, which is not his strongest surface. He will face uh, Cabales Buena. Uh, and again, I think that's a match that Dimitrov will hope that he can get through. Um, Berrettini still going strong. He's another Italian in this draw, along with Sinner, Sinego. Um Might be it. Uh, he will face uh, the German Altmaier, I believe I say that correctly, um, who's looked really good. He hasn't dropped a set either uh, against Feliciano Lopez and Janena Struff. So two, he's only 22 as well. Um, so very impressive wins there for Altmaier. And then just lastly, before I hand it over to you, Marcus, we've got uh, Marton Fuksovitz against uh, Montero. Um, two players that have beaten uh, players ranked higher than them to, to get to this stage. So that's just a little selection of tomorrow's matches in the top half. Uh, Marcus, word on them? Yeah, I mean, I think one player that needs highlighting out of that is Daniel Altmaier, um, forcing his way through into into this this stage. I mean, he's only 22 and has been outside top 100 to, to 150 for quite a long time after showing a little bit of promise as an 18, 19-year-old. I mean, the main result I'd like to pick up on is beating Jean-Leonard Struff in straight sets in, in the second round. I think that's an incredibly impressive result. I mean, Struff has had a great year. I think we spoke about him a couple of episodes ago and that uh, he was one-off or was at his current career high. So beating his compatriot, uh, Struff, in straight sets in the second round, you know, it was a big opportunity for Struff, really, to go deep into a slam that we've never seen him do before. So I think that that uh, that hints towards Altmaier's quality and just um, how much he can hopefully test Matteo Berrettini. Obviously, a player that likes it on the clay and uh, had an extremely good 2019. Not so good this year, however, it is a, a much smaller sample size. So I think Daniel Altmaier versus Matteo Berrettini could be a lot more of a sort of a interesting, a closer affair than many people might big it up to be. Um, yeah, no, Daniel Altmaier has definitely been another one of the players, along with Sebastian Corda and Hugo Gaston, that's uh, maybe, I mean, we've spoken about Sinner before, but along with those making that trio of Corda, Gaston and Altmaier as players that we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on after this French Open that maybe we weren't doing so closely before it. Yeah, completely agree with you there. I think that's one of the best things about Grand Slams is because the draws are so much bigger than the the ATP tournaments, you do get a lot more room to 
noticed players that you haven't really noticed before, as you say, Altmaier, Gaston. Um, you know, two players that really I, I, I didn't really think were, were young enough and coming players because I hadn't really seen them a lot uh, on the tour. But the, the size of the, the 128 sort of player Grand Slam drawers allowed them to uh, really shine and, and show themselves. So, um, yeah, hopefully we will see a lot more of them in the future. So, yeah, um, moving on uh, to the women's draw now. Um, Serena Williams, the big news uh, was that Serena Williams, uh, I believe two days ago, or was it yesterday? It was yesterday, actually, um, pulled out of the tournament with an Achilles uh, injury. Uh, it's a shame to see Serena go, of course, because she's probably the the biggest name in, in women's tennis. In fact, one of the biggest names in tennis, uh, full stop. Uh, so a shame to see her go as she tries to win that that grand slam that she's been after for a few years now to, um, I believe, break the the all-time record. Um, But um, the favourite to win this tournament was always Simona Halep. And uh, she is continuing to prove why she is favourite, beating Anisimova today, a a proven player, a seeded player. Um, She only dropped one game, beating a 6-love, 6-1. So uh, Simona Halep, really proving why she is the favourite to win this tournament and she's on a 17-match winning streak uh, after today. Uh, So it's hard to see anyone stopping her. Uh, In the next round, she will face uh, an unseeded player, uh, Iga Swiatek. I hope I say that correctly, um, who has uh, not dropped a set on her way here. Like uh, Haddock, she's not dropped a set, but she uh, has not come up against a player like Halep, yet Halep uh, boasts uh, a one-love lead in the head-to-head record. Uh, so, yeah, um, also the third seed, Alina Svitolina, got through today. She'll face Caroline Garcia in the fourth round, and the fifth seed, uh, Kiki Burton's through as well. So, Marcus, um, a word on Simone Halep and Serena Williams? Yeah, no, it was a, it was a shame to see her go out. I mean, I, maybe from a from a neutral perspective, not, not watching her and her style on court in the latter stages of a Grand Slam will be something that we haven't seen in a while. Although she hasn't won one in a while, she's usually been in those deeper rounds and uh, someone that I enjoyed watching a lot of at the U.S. Open. But yeah, just onto Simona Halep. I mean, we tipped her up as favourite as has everyone else it seems before the tournament, despite her being out of action at the US Open and the Western Southern Open. And yes, she's played as if she's never been away. Um, yeah, obviously got through a very simple win today. So yeah, the uh, the Halep train keeps on storming on. I mean, she looks more likely than she did at the start of the tournament to, to be a strong favourite and uh, yeah, win the title. Yeah, I completely agree. As I said, I mean, it's hard to see someone... Uh, beating her but then again you know we have had a lot more unlikely winners coming from the women's side so maybe there will be another one uh, this time round um, just looking at tomorrow's matches um, a few big names in action um, Yelena Ostapenko won this tournament I believe in 2018 or 2017 um, and has had a, a bit of a fall down from Grace after winning that tournament she's now ranked uh, 43rd in the world hasn't really challenged uh, for another slam, uh, but she has looked really good in her opening matches. And uh, she beat Caroline Pliskova in the last round in straight sets. Uh, Pliskova, the world number four. 
and uh, was the, I believe, se- yeah, second seed uh, this tournament. So um, really good form shown from Ostapenko, who of course has won this tournament, although she's not really one of the biggest names being talked about. She's proved that she can win this tournament. Um, she will face the Spaniard Badosa tomorrow. Uh, that will be the last match on the evening match uh, on. And then uh, Garbina Muguruza won this tournament, of course, too. She will face Danielle Collins, who's done very well to get to this section. Uh, before the French Open, Danielle Collins had only won two matches in 11, uh, one of those courtesy of a retirement from Salome Stevens, I believe. Well, oh, no, sorry, I beg your pardon. It was uh, an exhibition match. There was only just one set. But uh, really not really not in brilliant form from, from Daniel Collins before this, but she's done well to meet Garbinia Muguruza. But um, probably a, a match you'd expect Muguruza to get through. Petra Kvitova also in action uh, tomorrow against the Canadian Fernandez. Uh, and Sophia Kennan, the Australian Open champion of this year, uh, also has looked good at this tournament. She has had to go through two really tough matches, actually, dropping a set and going the distance both with uh, Samsonova and Bogdan. So um, it's been a hard journey for her to get here, but uh, she also faces, uh, she also faced one and she's against the world number 142 uh, in Barra Arena of Romania. So uh, a match you would expect the American to get through. Okay, so uh, on to our last section, and as always, it's Guess the Player. I'm asking Marcus this week, uh, or well, this episode, the second of the week. Uh, unfortunately, I made a bit of a mockery of myself the other day. I was basically handed Casper Rude on a plate, and uh, I still didn't get it. So I'm hoping I can embarrass Marcus today as well. But um, yeah, it was not good for me, so uh, I will, I'll have to accept that. So, uh, guess the player this week. I've probably gone a little bit less brief than we tend to go in the, the first clue. It does narrow it down a little bit, but uh, I'm still hoping you won't get it. Uh, first clue, this week I went out in the second round of the French Open. Not too sure. <laughs> There's quite a lot of players to pick from there. It would be, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it would be 32. Yeah. Uh, let's go for Jack Sock. Uh, no, good guess. Uh, but not Jack Sock. Uh, clue number two, I am 29 years old. 29, okay. Quite a lot of players that are 29 on the tour at the moment, <laughs> I feel like. Um, I'll go with... Nope, too young. Uh, I like how you're going this current, just to trip me up. Uh, let's go with Trevalier. Uh, no, well, he went out in the third round today to uh, Rafael Nadal, but uh, I don't know about age. You might be right. I've got no idea what age Travalier is, to be honest. Um, okay, clear number three. I have won one ATP Tour title in Auckland 2019, which helped me reach my career high of 41. So a bit of information in that one. 41, okay. See, so it's John Millman. Uh, it's not John Millman, 
41. I'm wondering if John Millman might be a little bit higher than 41. I'm not sure. Um, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Uh, but no, not John Millman. Despite being ranked 47th currently, I have had uh, an impressive Grand Slam record with two quarterfinals and one fourth round. Okay. Uh, 29 went out second round. Uh, yeah. Okay. 47. Pierre Uguez Hebert. Um, no. I think Hebert is. Must be. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. I'm thinking of Hebert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's not Hebert. You're not right. But uh, it is a better guess than I thought it was. As uh, a clue number five, uh, I don't think we'll give it away, but it will definitely help you. Uh, I am American. So I'll run through your clues again. I went out in the second round of the French this week. 29 years old, one ATP title in Auckland 2019, which helped me reach a career high of 41. Uh, I've actually had quite an impressive slam record with two quarterfinals and a fourth round, and I am American. Right. It's got to be tennis by name, tennis by nature, tennis sangren. Correct, Mark, as well done. That's two quarterfinals at the Australian Open in 2018 and 2020. And uh, he made the fourth round of Wimbledon. I believe that was 2019. I might be wrong on that. Uh, so, yeah, that was your guest player of the week. You're much quicker at these than I am. I uh, I was probably only on about clue three at this point last week. I was making a fool of myself. But, uh, yeah, Tennis Sandgren is your player of the week. So um, that pretty much wraps up this podcast. Um, we, of course, have got Another week and a bit left of the French Open, so we'll probably be back uh, a couple of times next week to uh, review the action and uh, go deep into the tournament, of course. Um, But yeah, thank you for joining me, Marcus. Thanks, as always. Yeah, looking forward to being back here. Uh, Yeah, talking through the rest of the draw. A lot to look forward to, definitely. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, have a good few days.